The Lord is risen. What a wonderful time to be here this morning. The Lord has spoilt us. What a, what a wonderful day. So this morning we're going to, as it were, have a slightly different take. And I'm going to need you to do some serious imagining. I'm going to need you to imagine, this could be quite easy actually, that I am Mary. <laughs> you know, sometimes we forget. And historians have gone back because people have tried to establish how this resurrection story came to be. And there's this assumption that it happened over decades. It sort of like took a few layers and eventually, like a myth and a fairy tale, it gradually developed, except the history shows, not just from Scripture, but from the secular narratives around, that literally within months of Jesus' death, there were faithful stories, narratives, declarations forming a rapidly growing community and movement. That he is not dead. He is not in the tomb. He is risen. As Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news and said, I have seen the Lord. So, Father, take these moments. Help us hear from the witness of someone who says, I have seen the risen Lord. My name is Mary, and I come from a town on the western shores of Lake Galilee. Magdala is about two hours' walk from Capernaum. My life had been tough. I mean, really difficult. First came the trauma, then the lies, and then the darkness that gripped me. And I hated who I was becoming. My life seemed so difficult to control. Darkness taking charge of me, ruining every relationship, everything I tried. Until I met him. He was from Nazareth, but then he was working as a carpenter in Capernaum, literally just 10 k's away. And one day, as he was teaching, he stopped, looked into my eyes, and told the darkness to leave seven times. Each time he did so, I felt the darkness lift, the freedom increase, until it was like I'd been given a new life. He said it was like being born again. And it was. So from that day, I followed 
Jesus. I traveled everywhere with them, whenever they could. I didn't always get in the boat, but everywhere else I went where they went. I watched him. He, he loved outcasts. He loved people who couldn't seem to get their lives right. He ate with all the wrong people. He healed the sick. Sometimes so much power flowed out of him. It was like all our prayers were being answered in one man. And he honored me so much. I was unheard of, but as a woman, I could sit at his feet. I could learn. I could be part of the community. And I felt so safe. Felt more safe than I'd ever felt in my life. And I drank in his words and eventually I came to believe with all my heart that he was the Messiah of God. In Greek, he was the Christ. How can I describe our relationship? He was like the kindest father and my dearest friend. Which makes what happened in Jerusalem so hard to describe. He had arrived to a hero's welcome, but within a few days, shock and trauma defined our every moment. The Friday had been one long day of death. He had been mercilessly, relentlessly tortured, crucified. And our men folk were just dealing with guilt and shame and regret. I just ruined our grief. They were so ashamed. They denied, deserted, run away. You see, all our hope, all, all our faith was centered in his person. It wasn't like his ideas were comforting if he wasn't there. Everything rested on him being the one. They ran away. Somehow. I was the only one to stay close by throughout all those events. I saw it all. I watched him die. I witnessed as he was removed from the cross. And I only left the garden after the authorities had sealed the tomb. I saw it all. I was a witness. His suffering, his death. I saw him taken down when two righteous men, you can talk to them, Joseph of Arimathea, Nicodemus from the Sanhedrin. He was dead and they buried him in the garden tomb. I saw it. I watched his lifeless body as the sun was setting, hurriedly wrapped for burial. There was no time to embalm him because the Sabbath did not permit such work. I saw the great tombstone rolled over the entrance. I saw the authorities place the seal. I saw the Romans stand guard. 
I saw until it was too dark to see. And then I walked back to the city. And I spent the silent Sabbath with everyone else then, long before dawn, while it was still dark. I got up, all the women, all of us, we gathered the spices and headed to the tomb. We just didn't want to leave him. He needed some dignity, a proper burial. But when we got to the garden, the stone was removed and the body was gone. I didn't know what to do. I eventually just ran. I didn't know where. And then I realized I was running to Peter and John. It was still just the sun coming up. Out of breath, I told them what we had found. And they just ran. They just took off. And so I started following. Apparently, Peter got there and saw the burial cloth lying in place, the headpiece exactly as it should be, undisturbed. The body was not there. It was as though a chrysalis had literally passed through the grave clothes. John went in, saw, and believed, although he said he didn't understand. (laughs) At least he believed me. He's not here. Something had happened. Peter and John returned to the city. And I eventually was standing in the garden alone. I knew whatever else had happened, he was dead. No one could survive the brutal beatings from trained soldiers, the 39 lashes that alone could kill in and of themselves, and then that terrible, humiliating crucifixion. I loved them so much, and they killed him. That terrible alliance of religious, political power. And now they'd stolen his body. Why? How alone, alone I felt. I couldn't stop crying. Eventually I went to the tomb. And I I know this sounds incredible, but so many incredible things had happened around his life. (laughs) And when I looked in, there were two angels. They spoke to me, and it didn't even change a thing for me. I should have have realized I'm talking to angels. I can see angels. They They were radiant in white. But it meant nothing. I couldn't stop crying because I wanted to find him. I cried even harder. And then, out of the corner of my eye, I saw the gardener. I thought he was the gardener. And he asked me, woman, why are you crying? I didn't realize. Then he said this. 
And I think this question he asks so many of us, who are you looking for? My heart was wanting someone and I'd known him and he was all I was looking for. When you've met him and you find his freedom and you find his healing and you find his kindness and you find his forgiveness and you find his grace, you will know this Jesus is who you're looking for. I was looking back at the tomb, explaining to him that if we could just fetch the boy, fetch. I was crying. I couldn't, I couldn't talk. And then he said one word. My name, Mary. I knew his voice. I knew the way he said my name. This was the one who set me free. I mean, don't mistake, nothing made sense except that he was alive. He wasn't dead anymore. Everything was crazy in that moment. Rapper. I cried and I ran to him and I clung to him. I fell at his feet. I was stunned. His feet still had the nail-pierced wounds. But he wasn't crippled. He wasn't disabled. He was a miracle. And then he told me I needed to let go. In this miracle body, he was going to go to our Father. That's how he always spoke about God as Father. Our Father, my Father, your Father. Well, nothing made sense. But I trusted him, so I let go. And then he began to tell me what I needed to tell the others. And the very things that were part of my confusion and grief were now the very details I must tell others. The stone is removed. The tomb is empty. The grave clothes that are just crazy. The angels who appeared and spoke to me. Go and tell everyone. So I did. (laughs) I let go. I turned and ran back to the city. But this was a different running. The whole world looked new. Nothing had changed on the surface. Rome was still there. The religion was still there. But everything was different because he was not dead. Jesus, our Messiah, is alive. And I washed him. And I said to them, I have seen the Lord. They didn't know what to say. But I knew 
And I kept telling them, I have seen the Lord. He isn't dead. He's raised to life. He spoke to me. He spoke my name. And then, that afternoon, he appeared to Peter just by himself. And Peter was still telling us that it was just as crazy when Cleopas and his wife rushed in to say from Emmaus that Jesus was alive. Finally, how many times must I tell you I have seen the Lord and even though the doors were locked, in a moment we all saw him. One moment we were all talking, shouting, confused, some people complaining because how could it be when suddenly... He was among us. And he greeted us in his own way. Peace. Like he was calming a storm. Like, except the storm was in the room and not in the sea. Peace. And suddenly everything we'd been through, the trauma, the shock, the chaos, started to make sense because he was not dead. Jesus is alive. Can I ask you this morning, who are you looking for? Can I commend to you, worship team, as you come and lead us in celebration, the Christ who is not dead, he is alive. The Christ who heals, the Christ who sets free, the Christ who drives away the darkness, the Christ who makes us new. Amen.